Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is giving great news to the Republicans. We've seen a lot of good signs in recent months that they're going to do well in the midterm elections. The generic congressional ballot, the misery index, the simple fact that it's the first midterm of a new president, all of that points to good news for the party out of power. Yesterday, the GOP received a better omen than all of those others combined. Joe Rogan told his audience that he wants them to vote Republican. No one who is alive today had ever experienced a true pandemic. And I'm hoping that now that this is over, people are going to, you know, recognize that some serious errors were made and not repeat those. That's the best you can get out of it. So what do you tell those people? Vote Republican. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a lot of them are going to do anyway. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, more than a million people transferred over to the Republican Party. Uh, I think in 2021 alone. Find out what that number is. But, you know, you look at guys like Ron DeSantis who kept Florida open and, and had some pretty reasonable policies in terms of, like, what what to do about COVID. And, you know, he mapped it out on television. He was, you know, widely criticized for this, where he was saying, like, we need to protect our elders. We need to, you know, make sure that medical care is available for, for those people and everyone else. You should be able to do whatever you want to do and protect your freedom. Those 55 seconds from Joe Rogan are more important than any poli-sci nerd analysis, more important than 10,000 pages of data from every four-eyed pollster in America, because Joe Rogan is the generic voter. Joe Rogan speaks to and for more people than just about anyone else in America, as goes Joe Rogan so goes the country in many ways. After 18 months of record high inflation, of foreign policy disaster, of mass illegal migration, of a collapse in law and order, and a creeping sense that our institutions of government are being rigged and wielded by Democrats for their own personal gain, whether it's the FBI pressuring Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, or whether it's the DOJ busting through Donald Trump's door at Mar-a-Lago. The American people right now are signaling in every way they can that they intend to vote the bums out. And yet, only one thing is certain. The more that the people express support for Republicans in November, the more the establishment We'll smear them all as a threat to democracy. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from The Fable Sphere, who says, until such time that Michael Knowles will use, the stakes have never been higher as a segue into Good Ranchers. My life will continue to be missing something. That's a really really good idea. I am ashamed of myself that I had not thought of it before. Uh, You know, this is my job, okay? And we're living through a very, very tough time in American history. And the stakes have never been higher, which is why you got to check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles because this is the last chance. My favorite meat delivery service, Good Ranchers, has been running a back-to-school give-back program this month with the goal of donating 100,000 high-quality meals to children in need. With Labor Day just around the corner, this is your last chance to enter for the chance to win 30 minutes with me via Zoom 
on September 30th. We are calling it a meet and greet. Do you get it? Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout. You will get 30 bucks off plus free shipping. You can subscribe if you want and lock in your price, which is insane. You'll inflation-proof your meals for life. You can order the one-off box of meat if you want, but you, if you subscribe, it's just absolutely wild, the savings that you will see. And you'll be automatically entered to win 30 minutes of all-access meet and greet with me on September 30th. This offer ends tomorrow, August 31st. That's goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout, and I'll see you at the meet and greet. The Joe Rogan thing is very, very important. Now you might say, well, no, Michael, Joe Rogan doesn't pick the president. For goodness sakes, the man was a Bernie bro. And then he kind of liked Trump. And then, I don't know, he has views that sometimes don't totally jibe with one another. Sure, that's true. Just like the generic voter. Most Americans are not spending every waking moment doing all sorts of political analysis with their nose in spreadsheets and everything like that. Most Americans are doing other things. Joe Rogan is a good example of this. Joe Rogan seems to care a lot more about MMA and the Haitian oregano than he does about the nitty and gritty of politics. But like all Americans, like the generic voter, he has political preferences and political views. And he's, he's not particularly firmly rooted in those political views. They change a little bit with changing circumstances. And there's something about that that's very, very healthy. And Joe Rogan right now is not mincing words at all. He's saying, what would I do right now? I would vote Republican. Of course, of course, the libs are destroying the economy. They're, they're stomping on a lot of our traditional rights and freedoms and way of life. And they're, they're failing on pretty much every issue. You can see that in all of the polls. And and they're compromising our institutions of government. And they're raiding homes. They're doing all sorts of nonsense. And so Ro Rogan's looking at that. He's saying, yeah, no more of that. Let's do the other guy. Let's go back to the other guys. And uh, Donald Trump is not being quiet about this either. Trump just tweeted out. He didn't tweet out, actually, because he's still not allowed on Twitter because the Silicon Valley oligarchs booted the then sitting duly elected president of the United States out of the public square. Another reason why people, I think, are turning against the libs and Trump tweets out, now it comes out conclusively that the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election. Knowing that if they didn't, Trump would have easily won the 2020 presidential election. This is massive fraud and election interference at a level never before seen in our country. Remedy, declare the rightful winner or, and this would be the minimal solution, <laughs> declare the 2020 election irreparably compromised and a new election uh, should be held immediately. Uh, that would be great. I'd, I would really enjoy that. Would that it were so simple. Uh, that's not going to happen. They're not going to declare the 2020 election null and void, but it, it would be great. I'd love it if they did. I agree. I think the election was rigged to the hilt. I think there were all sorts of shenanigans in a number of cases. It was overtly illegal and unconstitutional. So yeah, I'm with Trump on this. You're going to hear, you're going to hear in coming weeks and months and moving into 2024, a lot of Republicans turn on Trump. And they're going to make some observations. They're going to say, oh, Trump, he talks too much. He's a distraction. Oh, Trump, we got to move on from Trump. A lot of the people who are going to be saying that didn't like Trump in the first place, and they really hated him in 2016. And so you're, you're going to see a rehashing of a lot of the fights over Trump from 2016. Now, do I think this is particularly helpful, these kinds of tweets and, and truth social posts or whatever? I don't know. I mean, in a way, it kind of riles up the base. He's, what he's telling them is not, hey, we're going to have a redo of the 2020 election. 
before 2024. What he's, what he's telling them is, hey, this was wrong. This was f- fraud. What they perpetrated on us was very, very wrong, and you should be angry about it. And to that, I, I agree. I think that's true. I think it was wrong to extend election day to election month. I think it was wrong to push the widespread mail-in ballots. I think it was wrong to lock the whole country down for COVID, which unfortunately Donald Trump was a part of, but it was certainly wrong to extend that through into the elections. Yeah, I think that's true. You're not going to hear me turn on Trump, okay? Yeah. Is Ron DeSantis a great potential candidate for president? Absolutely. I think he'd make a great president probably. Is Ted Cruz a great candidate for president? I certainly think he is. I do a podcast with the guy. I think he's, he's an excellent conservative leader. I think he'd make a great president. Are there other Republicans even who could do a great job? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to make that an excuse to go against Trump. I think Trump is the greatest Republican president in my lifetime. I think the guy got Roe v. Wade overruled. And if the guy wants to run for president, more power to him. I will support the Republican nominee in 2024. Unless the Republican nominee is Liz Cheney or somebody, I will support the Republican nominee. But I'm not going to whine and cry and say, Trump shouldn't run in 2024. Absolutely, he should run if he wants to. He's still got a, a lot of support. And if the man wants to run, and the man can beat out the other guys in the primary, then that means he's, he's the man for the nomination. That means that he won the process that it takes to become the nominee. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I would gleefully vote for Donald Trump a third time. Speaking of voting, there's a lot of oppression in the country, not just the oppression of the conservatives at the hands of the libs who changed the election rules. No, no. I'm talking about the oppression of celebrities and music stars at the Video Music Awards. I'm talking about the oppression of Lizzo, who, as she's accepting her award, she reminds everyone they need to go out and vote to stop all the oppression. I don't know (laughs) what uh, music video for good means, but I do know what your vote means, and that's a lot. Your vote means everything to me. It means everything to making a change in this country. So remember when you're voting for your favorite artist, vote to change some of these laws that are oppressing us. Now, of course, Lizzo is probably the single least oppressed person on earth. She is, maybe she's oppressed by our decadent culture, (laughs) but she's certainly not oppressed by any of the things that ordinarily would, would be considered oppressive. She has as many political rights as she wants. She has the abundance of material goods. She, she can do whatever she pleases. That's why Lizzo is not being detailed here. She's not, she's not saying what laws we should vote against. She's not even saying what candidates to vote against. She's not saying what is oppressing her. She's just saying, yeah, it's, it's oppressive. You got to go vote. It, it's just the kind of most ridiculous conclusion of Puff Daddy's campaign from 2004, vote or die. Remember he had that campaign, he said, vote or die, because they were trying to kick George Bush out of office. They say, "Uh, I don't think those are the only two options. (laughs) I don't think a consequence of not voting will be that we all die. I, I doubt that. It's just so vague. It's just these people being used as parrots for the entrenched powers, for the liberal establishment. A woman wearing a very fancy, expensive dress, holding a gold statue, saying, I'm so oppressed. Be sure to go out and vote against the bad guys for the good guys because of the oppression. And it's not 
really persuasive anymore. If it ever was persuasive, which I don't think it was, don't forget Puff Daddy's voter die thing did not work. Uh, but if it ever was persuasive, I just think advances in technology so that now we're not just beholden to the main news networks, we can actually do research ourselves. That really dealt a, a tough blow to the establishment. Uh, changes in power, the fact, the fact now that these libs who used to be on the fringes of power, who used to be able to somewhat credibly claim that they were fighting the man, now that they just dominate the entire establishment, the fact that whenever you see the resistance and BLM and the pride flag, it's always being pushed by gazillion dollar corporations and institutions of the government. That I think has changed it. And the fact that these guys have lost the common sense, the fact that the libs push transing the kids and killing all the babies and opening up all of our borders and destroying our currency and locking us all down over the Wu flu. The, 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 and the fact that, that they won't even close down gay bathhouses to stop monkeypox. I mean, just the, on issue after issue after issue, the libs have so lost the common sense that they lose the generic voter, okay? And they, and they lose Joe Rogan, and they lose the people who represent the kind of open-minded middle in American politics, and, and no speeches from Lizzo are going to change that. You know, this is, this is the fight that we're in. This is the life we're living, and someday we're going to die, which is why you got to get a will. Right now, go to epicwill.com and use code Knowles, unless you're not going to die. Are you, you're not going to die? You're, you're that one person who, no, we're all going to die. No one here gets out alive, not in this world. That's why you need a will. You've heard me talk a lot on this show about how the libs are coming for your kids through the public school system, through mainstream entertainment kids content. As a parent, you may be doing everything you can to protect your child from the left's not so secret agenda. Remember when a certain company in Florida was talking about that? But if you don't have a will in place designated who will take over as parental guardian should something happen to you, then the libs are going to intervene and they're going to take your kids and indoctrinate them and completely disrespect what you would have wanted. That's why you got to check out Epic Will. Epic Will is an online will platform. It costs less than your next trip to the store. They can set you up with a will in as little as five minutes, starting at just 119 bucks. Plus, right now, you can save 10% when you go to epicwill.com and use code Knowles. It's so simple. Take five minutes tonight. Write a will ensuring that your kids will be raised the way you intend in the event that something happens to you. Go to epicwill.com. Use code Knowles today to save 10%. Speaking of weird hangups about eating, video went viral yesterday on the streets of New York, an animal rights activist versus a regular guy eating a kebab. And this video, I think this sums up the difference between the left and the right in America. You're disgusting. Who do you think you are? You're just a coward. You're a coward. You're a coward. You're a coward. Ladies right in his face and there's the guy. You're going to die on your own without Guys just standing there, sunglasses on, eating his kebab. He's not saying anything. He's just eating that kebab. This is it. This is what politics looks like right now to the generic voter. The libs are the screaming, shrieking, hyena, animal rights activists losing their minds because a man is eating a street kebab on the sidewalk in New York. And then the conservatives look like the, just the guy in the t-shirt with the sunglasses trying to enjoy his kebab quietly, 
Not, not really all that provocative, just eating his lunch. That's what it looks like right now. It didn't always look like that, but that's what it looks like right now. When the libs wail and shriek and cry about the importance of, of having five-year-olds watch drag queen shows, they look like the shrieking animal rights lady. When the libs shriek and cry and scream about the importance of flooding the country with illegal aliens, they look like the crazy animal rights lady. When the libs wear 17 different masks and have 152 injections of the Fauci algae, they look like the crazy animal rights lady. And then all the rest of us are here, and what do we say? Most conservatives right now, are they're not articulating some super ethereal academic political ideology. They're just saying, hey, maybe don't chop the kids' genitals off. Maybe don't. Or if you're going to like wait a little while at least, right? Huh? Maybe let's not kill all the kids. It's not in the constitution and it's probably wrong, don't you think? Hey, I don't know. I, maybe the fifth shot of the experimental mRNA drug, maybe I don't need that to prevent the mild cough. They seem really, really reasonable and moderate right now, which the, the right wing does not always seem, but it does right now. That's why they're winning over people like Joe Rogan. That's why they're winning over the middle of the road voter. That's why Liz Cheney has a little bit of a career right now. She's not taking any votes away from the right, from the Republicans. She's taking votes away from the Democrats because she is effectively a Democrat and she's attacking Trump, but she's prying off a decent percentage of the moderate Democrats. That's why the polls are showing if she were to run as, for president in 2024, she would, she would single-handedly swing the election to Trump against Biden. Speaking of eating, this is a story I've been waiting to get to for a while, and CNN has given me the opportunity. Headline from CNN, mealworm seasoning. Scientists explore creepy, crawly flavoring to satisfy meat cravings. Would you like some meaty, savory mealworm powder seasoning with your food? It's a question you might soon be hearing at the dinner table, or at least that's the hope of the scientists at South Korea's Wangkwang University. That's right. The, the research that they're working on is a response to the dietary demands of a growing global population and the looming climate crisis. And the argument is that because of the sun monster and because people are having babies, we all have to eat bugs. There has been a really weird push from the libs to make us all eat bugs. There was that video that came out a couple of months ago that of, of all the celebrities eating bugs, there are articles that pop up in the mainstream media constantly talking about how we need to eat crickets. Now we need to eat mealworms. We have to do it. Why? First of all, when we talk about the growing population, the population in the West is dying. The United States has had a, a dying population for 50 years. So our population is not growing. That's why we have to flood the country with illegal aliens to and, and legal immigrants for that matter to artificially prop our economy up. So the, the population growth is not a big problem. And the idea that the sun monster is forcing us to, to eat bugs is insane. If anything, a little extra heat, a little extra sunshine is going to improve conditions for ranching and farming. So what's this all about? What this is all about is not the sun monster or any of the doomsday predictions that the libs always have, global warming, global cooling, the population bomb. Remember that? They're, talk, they're worried about population now. 50 years ago in 1970, the libs predicted in a very famous book by Paul Ehrlich called The Population Bomb that the, the world population within the ensuing, the, the following 10 years 
would grow and it would cause mass famine and this was unavoidable and that's why we needed forced sterilization and contraception. And that didn't happen. Today, the world population has doubled. Malnutrition is at an all-time low. So that, that was all just fake news. But whatever it is, the doomsday predictions of the global warming and the global cooling and the population bomb and all the rest of it, and the ozone layer and acid rain and all the other things, they, they don't ever destroy the world. We're now several years into AOC's prediction that the world's going to end in 10 years. I think we're going to be fine. We're now well past Prince Charles's prediction that the world was going to end a couple of years ago. What is this about? The reason they want us to eat bugs is because it's gross. The reason they want us to eat bugs is the same reason that Catholics don't eat. It's not the same reason, but it's the same principle as to why Catholics don't eat meat on Fridays. It's the same principle why people of all religious backgrounds fast sometimes or eat, eat food that can be bitter or unpleasant at sometimes for, for the purposes of spiritual discipline. The reason that they want us to eat bugs is because of how yucky they are, because it breaks a taboo. It's, it's not that we need to eat the bugs to save the planet, and as a consequence of that, it's going to break our taboos. The libs want us to break the taboos because the libs don't like Western culture, and they don't like our traditional ways of life, and they don't like our traditional religion, and they want us to take part in their new weirdo culture that's based on their weirdo, new-agey environmentalist religion. And so to be inducted into that and to train in a spiritual discipline for that, they want us to eat the bugs. There is zero reason economically, ecologically, no reason in the West, especially in America, that we need to eat the bugs. They just want us to do it so that we're in the cult with them. It's, it, the bugs are much more a symbol than they are a source of protein. Elon Musk just made a great observation about this. Elon Musk, who is a big supporter of renewable electric energy, obviously he makes a lot of money on electric cars. Elon Musk, who believes in global warming and climate change, during a recent energy conference in Norway, Musk pointed out, quote, some additional exploration of oil and gas resources is warranted at this time. So unlike a lot of the other environmentalist libs, he's saying, no, no, no we're not just going to get off of gas and oil. He says, realistically, I think we need to use oil and gas in the short term because otherwise civilization will crumble. One of the biggest challenges the world has ever faced is the transition to sustainable energy and to a sustainable economy. This will take some decades to complete great observation. And it reminds us why the libs are erecting all those stupid windmills that kill the birds and don't really produce any energy. Green energy doesn't really work. Okay. When you look at the efficiency, when you look at the energy output, it is absolutely nothing compared to oil and gas and certainly compared to nuclear power. If the libs were really just interested in generating abundant, cheap, sustainable energy, they would build nuclear power plants. And yet the libs are not doing that. They're vehemently opposed to that. If the libs wanted cheap, abundant energy that contrary to popular belief is not going to run out anytime soon, probably anytime at all, they would use fossil fuels. But that's not what they want. What the libs are really after is making us kind of sacrifice, making us feel the pinch, making us go through a kind of spiritual discipline, just like eating the bugs. They want us to, 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 Turn off, turn off our energy and to stop traveling as far and to stop doing as much and to stop using gas and to not even consider doing nuclear energy because it hurts. When they build those windmills, they're not building a source of sustainable energy. They're, they're just building a religious icon. They're, it's, it's, it's just the modern version of an ancient Egyptian obelisk with a weird little spinny thing on top. That's what it's about. The primary function of the, of the windmills and all of the other monuments to environmentalism 
is as a symbol, is as a monument to the new kind of cult, the new kind of religion. Well, we used to build big crosses. We used to build statues of Christ the Redeemer. Well, we used to build, even outside of Christianity, we used to build ziggurats and, and pyramids and giant weird obelisks. Now we build these monuments to the new gods of environmentalism. It's just a weird, creepy cult, and it drives people just as nuts as the animal rights activists screaming at the shish kebab guy on the streets of New York. We've got to protect ourselves from these lunatics. That's why you got to check out Ring. Summer is busy. People are away from home quite a bit. I was just gallivanting all over the place. I was obviously away from home when we were in the hospital, my wife giving birth to my new kid. One of the ways that I feel safe is Ring. Ring, especially not just the video doorbell. Gotta love the video doorbell. You, you know that. You can see and speak to whoever is at your doorstep, no matter where you are in the world. Did you know they have an award-winning alarm? Did you know even further, they've got Ring Alarm Pro, which CNET calls a giant leap for home security. Protects your doors, walls, your windows, the everything, you know, in your physical home. But it will also protect your digital home as well, because we live so much of our lives online. There are data flying through our homes. You want to protect all of those things. Ring Alarm Pro will allow you to do it. Believe it or not, I know this is going to come as a shock. Sometimes, occasionally, even I get some threats, you know, even I, whom everyone loves so. And uh, I, I really, really feel safe in large part thanks to Ring. So do it. Protect your digital life. Protect your physical life. Go to Ring right now this busy summer season. Go pro. Be a pro like me. Get Ring Alarm Pro. Learn more at ring.com slash Knowles. That is ring.com slash Knowles. Speaking of unnecessary pain and suffering, there is a, a weird kind of contradiction in U.S. policy right now. In order for a foreigner to get into the United States, not for an American to get back into the United States, but for a foreigner to get into the United States on an airplane, they need to show proof of vaccination, that they have received the Fauci-Auchi against COVID-19. However, in order for a Guatemalan peasant to get into the United States, he just has to cross the Rio Grande, and he's not going to be checked for COVID, and he's not going to be stopped at the border, and he's not only going to be ushered in, they're probably going to put him on an airplane and ship him somewhere into the middle of the country if Greg Abbott doesn't get to him first and ship him to Washington, D.C. What's up with that? Why is it the case that visitors to the United States and legal immigrants to the United States have to have the COVID vaccine, and if they don't, they're a threat and a danger to public health? But the millions of illegal aliens pouring across our southern border, they don't pose any risk at all. Don't worry, no tests, no shots, let them right in. That's what Peter Ducey asked yesterday of the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, during the press briefing. Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated, they're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like we actually no. Happening. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what ha what is happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not. That's, that's not exactly how. Exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Some of them turn themselves over. Some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. So, let me just lay out what we have done under this administration. We have installed new border technology and set up joint protocols with Mexico and Guatemala. I love that her first reaction is, that's not what's happening. No, 
Because she doesn't know her own policies. She, in the same press briefing, she stumbled on the status of Title 42, which is one of the Trump-era border policies that Joe Biden got rid of. She didn't even know the status of that anymore. And she didn't know that people who fly into the country have to have the vaccines while the people who cross the border illegally don't. And so Peter Ducey is there not merely asking questions for her to clarify. He is clarifying it for her. He's saying, no, no, no. No, that, this is what's happening. That's not what's happening, Peter. No, Karina, literally that is what's happening. Oh, uh, okay. Here are my talking points. Here are all of my talking points. And what it speaks to is something that is really irritating the generic voter, namely the fact that we have a two-tier system of justice in America, that there are two different sets of rules. You get the privileged people, and then you get the people who get punished. That's it. Privilege and punishment. And I think your generic voter, such as he is, whatever he thinks about immigration, whatever he thinks about COVID, whatever he thinks about the vaccines or Dr. Fauci or any of the rest of them, he's going to look at that and say, well, that's not fair. That's, that's not fair that the guys who break our laws across the border, they get to come in without the vaccine. But the businessmen and the tourists and the legal immigrants don't. Same issue with the student loans. In principle, I, I don't think that the, the government has absolutely no right whatsoever to forgive student loans. I think it's a stupid policy. I don't think they should forgive the student loans. But the government can do that. That's the sort of thing a government can do, if, certainly if they follow the right legislative channels. Sure, you might make an argument that it's really important for the future of America, for the common good, for national security, for human flourishing to uh, pay off people's student loan debt, because that will encourage more people to go to college. And it's more important to pay that off than, I don't know, to pay off farm loans or to pay off small business loans. Again, I don't think that's true, but I I could at least see how you could make that argument within the political order. But that political argument, even if that political argument did hold water, it doesn't work on the campaign trail in the public square to the generic voter. I think the generic voter is going to look at that and he's going to say, that's not fair. That's not fair that one group gets special privileges when their votes get bought and the other group gets punished. That's not fair. And I don't like that. And this is coming up right now because the tennis player, Novak Djokovic, withdrew from the U.S. Open over the vaccine requirement. And this is, a, this is another important way to appeal to generic voters is talk about normal things. Don't talk about ab- abstract political philosophy. Talk about sports. Talk about the U.S. Open. Talk about things in the popular culture. And so especially, even if you don't give a damn about the the vaccine requirements and illegal immigration, you look at that and you say, look, it's ridiculous that this guy, Novak Djokovic, who's a very serious athlete, he's obviously very healthy, he doesn't need the vaccine, is being kept away from this big tournament. That's ridiculous. And the party that's keeping him away, they've lost the plot. They've lost the common sense. And the party that's encouraging to come in, I'm more with those guys. Speaking of illegal things. Speaking of criminals, the Wisconsin Democrat candidate for Senate, Mandela Barnes, uh, it just keeps getting more and more radical. We talked about him a little bit yesterday. He's really, really out there. Well, now there's a new video of him that has surfaced describing that the the way that he would really uh, reform our political system is he would correct the great injustice that prisoners, inmates, are not allowed to vote. 
we're not talking about people who get to uh, make decisions. We're talking about incarcerated individuals who don't have a right to vote, uh, which is unfortunate itself and another conversation. That's the new word, by the way. New, new political correctness just dropped. It's incarcerated individuals. Excuse me. We, someone needs to go call up Charles Manson. Uh, you know, as a member, as a representative of the incarcerated individuals community, maybe we should get, let's get Jeffrey Dahmer out here. As, a, as the spokesman for the incarcerated individuals. No, they're, they're criminals. They're inmates. They haven't even paid their debt to society yet. And they're not even allowed to vote. Right. They're not allowed to vote because they, they broke the law and they are in the process of paying back that debt. And so the, the very reason that they are in prison is because they attacked justice. They attacked our political order. So no, certainly not while they are paying that debt back. And in most sane societies, including afterward, you don't just get your full rights to participate in the political order again. That undermines the political order. I never, I never want to hear the Dems talk about rule of law again. I never bought it. It was always ridiculous. It, it really began in earnest after January 6th, but they were talking about it all throughout the Trump administration. They said, oh no, the, the horn hat guy danced around the Capitol. This is a threat to the rule of law. Guys, you, you, you all spent eight months burning the country down during BLM. Your elected leaders bailed out the, the rioters. I don't, I think, I think that was a greater threat to the rule of law than the horn hat guy. Well, no, but the Donald Trump had a phone call with Ukraine. It's a threat to the rule of law. I don't, how is that a threat to the rule of law? The Biden family actually peddled American influence on Ukraine while Biden was the point man on Ukraine and got over $50,000 a month in, in bribes for it. That, no, that wasn't a threat. It's just, it's all just so disingenuous. It's so preposterous. And the fact that now the Democrats are actually the party of let all the criminals out of prison, I think ends any claim that they could possibly make about defending the rule of law. They never want to defend the rule of law. What they want to do is, is destroy the rule of law and increase tyranny around the country. And they do it for a political reason. It's not just because they're like the Joker and they want to watch the world burn. The reason they want to do that is because it affords them an opportunity then to crack down. And when they crack down, they can take more power and that further entrenches them where they want to be. Speaking of the rule of law, got to give Bill Maher credit. I am not one of those conservatives that is constantly trying to give credit to the moderates and the libertarians and the squishes and the, you know, he's one of the classical smart liberals. Uh, I I think that conservatives have a lot of big disagreements, even with the classical liberals. But Bill Maher just made a really good point. He was on his show and he said, look, I'm, I'm pro-abortion, but you guys got to cut it out with your stupid comments and your stupid slogans about if you're, you know, if you're pro-life, just don't get an abortion because that doesn't make any sense. I'm more pro-choice than you could imagine. Um, <laughs> I don't think life is always precious. Most people don't think that. What yeah. I'm saying is you shouldn't say to the other side, you people hate women. They don't hate women. They just think it's murder. And if you think it's murder, then you can't go, well, except for people with a vagina. They can commit murder. I don't think it's murder, but they legitimately do. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Bill Maher might be the last honest pro-abortion person on the left. Naomi Wolf made a similar point. She actually went even a little bit further in the 90s. Uh, she was then a much more left-leaning feminist author. And Naomi Wolf said, look, 
we got to admit that the baby is a baby and the baby is alive. And legal abortion, we should have it, but we just have to admit that the woman is killing the baby in his full humanity. Okay, you have, if you want to defend abortion, that's what you have to do. And I was just on a TV show uh, a few weeks ago with uh, a, a liberal, Brian Tyler Cohen, and he used these, these slogans. And I just thought it's so frivolous, as I pointed out on the show. He says, if you don't want an abortion, just don't get an abortion. It's not your business. It's not your choice. It's not your, it's not your right. And you just think, buddy, you're not even, maybe you support abortion, but at, at least engage with the actual topic at hand. My claim is that abortion is morally equivalent to murder because the baby is a baby. And so you, ha- you have to, if that's the claim, if that's the center point of the, of the issue, then you've got to at least in some way engage with it. And you can argue, you can try to argue that the baby's not a baby. That's not going to work. You can try to argue that the, the baby's not alive. That's not going to work. And so the only thing you're left with is what Bill Maher finally comes down to, which is he says, look, I don't really care. I don't, I don't mind it. I think we should be able to kill these things. But, but if you're pro-life, that's not what you believe. And so you've got to be consistent. You've got to get rid of these dumb slogans, in large part because these dumb slogans are not really persuasive anymore. This show is brought to you by helixsleep.com. Sleep is absolutely critical, especially as you get older, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find a mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has you covered. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix midnight mattress because I want a medium firmness and a sleep on my side. So far, my new mattress is a godsend. Don't want to take my word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, you won't believe how well you sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is just a few clicks away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code helixpartner20. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire, code helixpartner20. You know, the corporate media not only control what they want you to know, but their agenda means the news is presented in a biased way. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Thankfully, there is a way to get the most important news of the day without that crazy narrative. And that is by listening to one of the top news podcasts, Morning Wire. New episodes are available every morning, seven days a week. They cover stories other media outlets will not touch. Check out Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Daily Wire Plus, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Some people are not able to see past the tired old slogans. One of those people would be Adam Kinzinger, the nominal Republican who just got booted out of Congress because he's a big squish lib who spends all of his time sucking up to Democrats. So Adam Kinzinger goes on a Democrat show to go suck up to another Democrat, Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. And and Adam Kinzinger announced that he would be dedicating himself and all of his vast resources and all of his half dozen followers and supporters to campaigning against Republicans, even for far left Democrats, because the Republicans are a threat to democracy. Liz Cheney, uh, 
said that in some cases she may have to help a Democrat win against sort of an anti-democracy Republican. Do you feel that's what you're going to be doing uh, uh, over the next couple of years yourself? Yeah. I mean, look, the biggest issue, not everybody agrees with me, certainly in my party and even Democrats that like to say things like, well, but you're still a conservative. Yeah, I'm a conservative. Um, But the bottom line is the biggest threat right now to our country is democracy. And if you have Republicans that are running against even left-wing Democrats that believe in democracy and believe in voting, that person should be elected over somebody who basically would overthrow the will of the people and ultimately destroy this country. This country cannot survive outside of democracy. It will turn into a power struggle between groups of different races, of different ethnicities, of different religions, because the thing that holds us together is this belief that we can self-govern. Take that away, this country's a mess. And so Republicans that are for that have no place in office. I don't care what their policy position on taxes are. So pretty much everything Adam Kinzinger said there is wrong. He did have this funny line, it was a Freudian slip, where he said, the greatest threat to our country right now is democracy, <laughs> which I think a lot of the Democrats and the squishy fake Republicans would agree with. That's why they're trying to prevent Trump from appearing on a ballot, because they fear democracy. They don't want people to vote for him. That's why they're trying to delegitimize half the country and say that they're semi-fascists and they and to kick them out of the public square and stop them from having their voices heard because of the Democrats and the the cucks, you know, for lack of a better word, <laughs> the, the uh, court jester conservatives who suck up to the Democrats, these guys are uh, terrified of democracy. Now, the, the rest of what Adam Kinzinger said is just ridiculous. Adam Kinzinger says that we, the country can't survive outside of democracy. First of all, the country is not a pure democracy. The founding fathers wrote at length, and the framers of the Constitution wrote at length about the fears of a pure democracy because pure democracy would devolve into mob rule. And ironically, what they said would happen as a result of that is what Adam Kinzinger says would happen without pure democracy. Adam Kinzinger says without pure democracy, then America will just d- delve down into factions and tribes who attack each other on race and religion and all the rest of it. Uh, what the founding fathers believed and what the framers of the Constitution believed is the opposite. They said, if we have a, just a pure democracy, then you're going to have the mob devolve down into factions and tribes and, and warring groups that just attack each other over their interests and not in reasoned discourse. That's why the American regime is a fairly mixed regime, at least at the founding. It's got an executive. It's got a kind of monarchical element to it. It's got an aristocratic element to it certainly in the U.S. Senate and states' rights. And then it's got a democratic element to it, a very heavy democratic element as well. So there, there, there are a lot of things going on in the American system of government, uh, some of which have been eroded away and none of which Adam Kinzinger understands because he's just caught up in these stupid headlines. He sounds like Lizzo. There's no difference. He's Congressman Lizzo. We need the oppression. There is oppression. We need to vote against and the I'm a conservative. Because of why? Because he says, he actually says the point that we always joke about on this show, which is that, you know, just because you want to cut taxes, that doesn't make you a conservative. In many cases, it just makes you a greedy Democrat. <laughs> and Adam Ginsburg goes, look, I'm a conservative, okay? I love cutting taxes. But just because someone wants to cut taxes with me, I might vote against them. And do what? And do what? Kinzinger says he's going to vote for people who want to chop off your kids' genitals, who want to kill hundreds of thousands of babies per year, who want to uh, censor anyone to the right of Hillary Clinton, who want to flood the country with illegal aliens, all because what? All to stop the mean orange man who the people support. (laughs) 
<laughs> the mean orange man who got himself elected president in 2016. At least once, at least one time he did that. The attacks on Republicans are really, really ramping up. There is a liberal columnist named Brandon Friedman who is, is now saying that when Republicans complain about taxes, about that, even when Republicans tailor their criticisms just to taxes, even that is evidence that they're evil and racist and insurrectionist and they want to, to overthrow the country. I'm not joking. This guy, Brandon Friedman, tweets out, and this was in response to Ted Cruz suggesting that we abolish the IRS. This is something that re- Republicans have campaigned on for a long time. Friedman says, Republicans don't just hate the IRS because it pays for things like highways and social security. Uh-uh-uh. There's history here. They hate what it represents. The IRS was created in 1862 specifically to fund the Civil War, <laughs> to end slavery, and to burn white supremacy to the ground. Abolish the IRS may sound like an innocuous anti-tax message, but it's literally literally, not figuratively, literally a call to defund the U.S. military. The same military that crushed secessionists the first time. It's fundamentally an anti-government message. The insurrection continues. Don't forget, just want to remind you, insurrection, treason, these are crimes punishable by death. And the libs are just casually, cavalierly, accusing half of the country, all of us, you and me, of a crime, of a capital offense, if we even want to lower taxes a little bit. That's where we are. Seems like a threat to democracy to me. Also, his history is is a little bit screwy here. It is true that uh, something like the IRS was established in the Civil War to raise money to fight the war, but the IRS really begins in earnest in 1913 in the progressive era. And uh, so no, when you say we want to cut taxes or, or abolish the IRS, we're not, you're not saying that you want to undo the civil war or you want to destroy the government or anything like that at all. You're saying you want to abolish the IRS. What does this tell you though? What this tells you is one, the, the libs are way more radical than even a lot of conservatives recognize. Two, it tells you that the libs are far more anti-democracy than a lot of conservatives even recognize. But three, it tells you that race, race and civil rights. That is the narrative in American politics. Every political fight will in some way be twisted or distorted to seem like it in some way relates to race or civil rights. All the weird sex stuff that you've seen now with the transgender stuff and the gay rights movement and all the rest of it, all the language of that was the language of civil rights. It was the language of the 1960s black rights movement. We're, we're, the new, we're the new civil rights movement. They'll even call themselves that. It's all about marriage equality. Just like you had interracial marriage equality, that's what you're going to have, gay marriage equality. Now, of course, the gay stuff has nothing to do with black people. And frankly, black people disproportionately disapprove of all the gay sex stuff. It doesn't matter. It, everything has to tie back to race and civil rights in America cutting taxes, abolishing the IRS. If you want to abolish the IRS, you might as well put a bullet through Dr. King yourself. What? What the hell are you talking about? That is absolutely nothing to do with race. We want to give tax cuts to black people too. We want, what are you talking about? It's because that is the dominant narrative. Now, it, it gets a little awkward that 
all the political narratives in America have to tie back to race and civil rights because the Associated Press just published yesterday what it considers to be the most important story about the Federal Reserve Bank. The Federal Reserve is tasked with tackling inflation, obviously not going so well right now. But because no one cares about numbers or economics or the common good or the health of the country, all anyone wants to talk about is race, the AP decided to point out that the the, the Fed is tackling inflation with its most diverse leadership ever. They're saying uh, the Fed's boardroom leadership has become its most diverse ever. There are more female, black, and openly gay officials contributing to the central bank's interest rate decisions than at any time in its 109-year history. Many are also far less wealthy than the officials they've replaced. And I read this headline and I thought, um, is David Duke running the AP now? This is, hold on, you're telling me, (laughs) you're telling me that inflation right now is worse (laughs) than ever. And uh, also the people in charge of inflation are disproportionately uh, minorities and poor people. I don't, what are, are you trying to tell me that we should only have rich white guys run the Fed? Is that, that is, that is clearly the insinuation of this article. Then cool it with the racism associated press, but they don't even see it because they're just so now used to like automatons, like robots, just churning out for every single issue, including interest rates that oh, uh, historic first ever black trans gay woman, poor minority, cis, trans, whatever. And they, they don't even realize that what they're saying is undercutting much of their own arguments. Not not a really good look. Not a really good look at all. Now, we have a lot more to this show. Speaking of insurrections, speaking of the kind of crazy shrieking people pulling their hair out versus the relatively kind of normal, average, generic voter. The rest of the show is continuing now. We've got a really great interview coming up. You are not going to want to miss this. If you are not a member, click the link in the description and join us. We'll see you over there.